Welcome back to another episode of the Spring Legion Podcast, brought to you by Rolling Thunders, hand-tuned turkey calls, and light boots, the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot on the market today. Today's podcast, Hunter jumps on the phone with Mr. Keith Ott of Chasing 49 and goes over a lot of the tips and tactics and everything in between of how to do a U.S. Super Slam. Um, They really just get to talking on into the podcast they just, just start having a good old conversation and it kind of runs on a little long today but we were going to split it up into two parts we decided to release it as one it's, it's just too good to, to split up and um hunter is, has really not stopped talking about this one since they recorded it a few weeks ago it really seems to be one of his more favorite conversations he's had it's just two turkey hunters that get it having a conversation you know what i mean and with that being said let's get into this week's episode I hope you enjoy it. Hunter. Hey, Keith. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you tonight? I'm doing just fine. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on a a phone call real quick. It's taken us a while to get in touch with one another, but uh, two busy schedules collided, it looks like. Hey, man. Look, I appreciate the opportunity to to have a discussion with you this evening. But, um, yeah, I know this has been – I mean, I think we've talked about this for a long time. Just glad we were finally able to hit that point, uh, that point of the year where we could connect and uh, and have a good discussion. Absolutely, and I feel like that only kind of provided a little extra time for making a few more stories and tips and all that good stuff that we could cover, uh, you know, kind of later. <laughs> I love I love the way you message that, buddy. <laughs> not not that we couldn't we couldn't find time to do it. It was just we were planning more uh, more stories to uh, to kind of. I think I think what we talked about doing this little over a year ago was like, oh, it was right in the middle of deer season. And I was like, man, I'm I'm real busy, and you 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 had some things going on, and man, funny how you know, funny how quick time flies by nowadays. I'm telling you, man. Like, uh, Man, when when you're younger, and and you know, I by by no means are either of us, you know, old men. But look, let's just be honest we're not we're not our you know we're not in our early twenties anymore, yeah, right? You're exactly right. Yep, and there's and, a big uh, difference in thirty and twenty. That that's a fact. I'm I'm look, I'm crawling up on thirty five here in about a month month and a couple of days. So mm-hmm. I I know that to be real true. But uh, it's it's just amazing how quick these seasons pass. These you know, these days turn the week, weeks turn the month, and before you know it, I mean, you know, we always talk about like, till we get the opportunity to chase these turkeys again, right? Hear right. that gobble again. Um, you know, it's it's you know, it's, it's pretty agonizing when you leave turkeys. I feel like at the end of the year, especially when you know, like on that last day, that they are still ready and willing and and capable, right? Mm-hmm. And so, y- you leave something by force right you, you don't leave it voluntarily you leave it because the, the letter of the law and regulation and, and biologists and for the good of the bird and 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 the resource you walk away from it so that that resource has the opportunity to continue to thrive right but but that's a that's a hard thing for us all because it it is conflicting because the reality is as turkey owners even though we want to be, you know, especially passion turkey hunters, we always want to be the best steward of the bird. That, that's first and foremost. But 
the reality is we are still hunters and, and, and we still do enjoy that chase. And, and as long as that turkey is capable of, of being killed under, you know, ethical methods, um, you know, where, where he is still responding to, to the call and able to be influenced, we want to do that, oh, you yeah. know? And so it's, it's always hard to leave it. Um, but obviously, you know, the spring days turn to summer, summer turns into, uh, to fall and winter. And, and the truth is it, it's almost like you blink and, and you're sitting here, you know, today's January 30th, February is just a quick month. Um, you, you know, that it's, it's a short month. There's NWTF fake in there. Um, anyone who's planning around, you know, trying to make some swings, they know that, that this month's just going to run right through, and here you're going to be sitting on go. Uh, when, when, when March hits, you're on go. And so, um, you know, time passes. The older you get, the faster it passes. And I got to tell you, I, I really do believe that we're going we're gonna to wake up here in a blink of an eye, and we are going to be yelping at them. And uh, I look forward to that, as I'm sure you do. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that because it, it seems like, uh, I'd say probably nine months out of the year dragged by, you know, so to speak. Uh, when you look back and it, it seems like it was yesterday, but, you know, in the moment it, it seems like it's dragging. But then February is just different. February just flies by for some reason. And it's not two days worth of flying by that's not on the calendar. It's, um, you know, January, I start getting pumped up. Like you said, I start sitting on G around January because I know February mm-hmm. almost ain't even real. It's not even, you know, it, it, everything February, just so fast. That's, it, it really is. I mean, you know, as, as, a, as a brand, you know, there's so many loose ends that you're trying to tie up real quick, right? And then, and, and those loose ends vary. And as a turkey hunter, uh, especially as someone who's, who's you know, like a, a traveling turkey hunter, as a traveling turkey hunter, you know, you're really trying to button up everything. You're trying to make sure you've got, you've got applications in for any and all outstanding states that, that may still have an open application period. You're trying to tighten up research. You're trying to talk, you know, talk to state agents. There's so much to bake into a 28-day month. Right. I, I really have come to load the month of February. And then, like, as a turkey gun gun guy, you know, turkey guns, um, that's why. I, I mean, I really hate February for that because February is just, um, you know, I'm from Virginia, and in February – we get a lot of winds, you get cold temperatures, you know, it's really not good days, pattern guns, shoot guns, you know, and, and, and like, gosh, I feel like I'm always, you know, February is just busy for a lot of reasons and, and it flies by. And I, and I think one of the strongest reasons I have such a distaste for it is from a, a turkey gun building perspective and pattern testing. Cause I feel like I can never get a good day on the weekends. My desk job just really doesn't care if I need to go pattern Oh yeah. It's funny how that works. In the <laughs> You know what I mean? You're exactly right. It, um, it, it, you can just cram in things in there as, as fast as you can, and then you're remembering stuff that you said you were going to do in November, and all of a sudden Absolutely. you had to get it done by March, and then, you know, it's it's just a whirlwind. But um, Absolutely. And, and like, I hate to say it, but, you know, um, I mean, I still have an itch to scratch with, with waterfowl. You know, I um, you know, I know some turkey hunters are just turkey hunters, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm not that guy. Um, I'm, I feel very passionately about about deer uh i feel very passionately about ducks and geese and i i i like to um 
I like to pursue those with the same degree of passion that I pursue anything else. And so, you know, you mix in all this turkey hunting planning and, this, and, and, these, and these, you know, turkey hunting prep, and you, you tie that in with the ends of a waterfowl season, and boy, it's, uh, it's just challenging time to find any, any open oh, yeah. hour throughout the day. I can't imagine there being many at all when you're in the end, because I know how passionate you are about turkey hunting. I can't imagine it being matched and upped in the ante for the uh, for waterfowl and deer. I, you know, I I really do enjoy them. I, you know, there's there's nothing quite like the interact interaction um, that I feel with the turkey, and you know, um, there's there's some tremendous waterfowl hunters that I've hunted with that I, I um they're just exceptional callers, and I've I've watched them pay attention to wing beef, and 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 they can diversify and differentiate their calls on how those birds are responding based on wing beef and I'm certainly not that capable of a caller and I'm probably even lesser of a caller when it comes to being a turkey hunter but the truth is uh you know the one thing that I do love about turkeys that just differentiate the turkey throughout all of them is is the ability to influence that behavior and you know kind of predict that behavior a little bit based off of experience um and and that is definitely what makes turkey hunting you know my my my, my most um, aggressive passion, but but by no means would I would I discount a, uh, a deer or a duck or a goose. I, I I certainly would not disrespect them by by saying I don't care about them. Man, yeah. I, I love them all, love turkey the most, but but also don't want to make don't don't want to discredit the others. Absolutely, and like you said, it's just it's just different. Um, turkey hunting is a little different, and some, it is different. You know, it's, it's a preference to a lot of folks, especially around here in the South. I think I'd say it's split even between deer and um, deer and turkey and duck. Almost, I mean, it's, it's just so much. I'm, I'm saying that from Georgia, but I'm thinking back to Mississippi, living close to the Delta and everything, and having a bunch of buddies who live up that way. And you know, duck hunting is their thing, and they don't even have turkeys. Most counties uh, they do, but not many. But um, but deer and duck, and then mm-hmm. they'll but they'll go to late. You know states over to, to make sure they can hunt a turkey it's, it's crazy how they could to be so passionate about it having not grown up near you know pretty fruitful grounds i guess you know in the turkey realm uh rather than just you know kind of in the mecca of waterfowl but um once they got a hold of it they, they hit it full throttle just with the same passion like you were talking about absolutely man that's that's what makes that would that's what makes it all good oh yeah you know, that's what makes it all exciting um and uh you know the, the cool thing about hunting a lot of species is um yeah, I, I, I'm sure you know that, you know, you probably feel the same way, but hunting is all about processing of like real time data in, in a very yes. accelerated capacity, you know, um, taking the information that's presented to you and, and, you know, using that experience that you've got and kind of trying to figure out the pieces of the puzzle and, and, and roll, rolling the dice, you're playing your cards based on what you've, what you've been presented, you know, and, um, I think to a degree, you know, turkey hunting for sure is um, is an art in that sense, and that turkey hunting more, in my opinion, than the others, uh, with respect to them, requires you to process that information in a more immediate fashion than, than some of the others. And turkey hunting is less forgiving in that if you get it wrong on that given day, you, you, you very well may not have the opportunity to to recover from that, right. um, especially when it comes to a, being a traveling turkey oh, hunter. Yeah. As opposed to some some of those other pursuits that we're talking about, like, you know, if you get it wrong, you might be able to rehang a set, you know, mm-hmm. like you can you can kind of try it again. Um, you know, you can you can reset your spread um, for, you know, for the next flock. Um, 
But turkey hunting's different from that aspect. It, it demands a degree of flawless execution um, when when time is limited and an opportunity is even less. And that degree of pressure is what makes success and failure so significant, so impactful, and that's what makes pursuing them the, the degree of accomplishment that, that you feel uh, because you have to process those things in such a, such a quick turn. And, um, you know, all hunting is good as far as I'm concerned. I think all, all of it helps craft your woodsmanship. I think woodsmanship is just a tremendous aspect of, of, of being a, a, you know, a steward of the bird and, and a, you know, a uh, proficient turkey hunter. Um, and I think that no matter how much, you hunt outside of the turkey any opportunity that you have to become a student of an animal uh, of wildlife and to gain additional insights into how animals utilize the landscape and the resources that are available to them um, I think it all helps you build the repository of, of information that you can use as, as to help form your craft and your style so that when you're presented with different situations you can kind of fall back on on things that you may or may not have learned by pursuing that specific species that can help you become a better hunter. Um, so for that reason, you know, I, 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 I think, I think any and all forms of, of pursuing wildlife with, with a degree of passion all helps make you just a, a, a very, very much a, a, a better turkey hunter in general. Absolutely. And I know I can speak for myself just on the, the amount that I've learned from turkeys by sitting mm-hmm. in a deer stand, just from their uh, behavioral patterns more. And I feel like it's more, um, more raw behavior, more so to speak, than influence, you know, by calling and making, Absolutely. you know, if you're calling a turkey, he's going to walk Absolutely. a certain way. But if you, if, if, if he doesn't know you're there at all, you, there's no reason for him to be there that has anything to do with you or anything that you've done. You know, as far as as about as close as you can get to just wild watching him from a distance, especially if you got a, a gun or a, some binoculars, you can watch him from a distance, and you know you start noticing if there's a, a little drove of seven turkeys or something. How you know they'll they'll start trading out, kind of periscope, and one will have their head up at all times, and as soon as it goes down, another one comes up. So you know, you know, in the springtime, just because that one you're looking at it, put his head down, I promise you, there might be one over the hill that put his head back up as soon as he put his down. Um, they don't. They don't. They're not stupid. They they know they know to keep an eye out at all times. It looks like, uh, but just little stuff like that. I know I've learned just in you know in the middle of December, and that doesn't change come March. You know when they're just being turkeys, they're still just being turkeys. But that's just kind of our wired into the brain stuff like that and how they walk and how they scratch and you know you hear a lot of squirrels deer hunting, especially when I do because I'm not that great at it. But um, but um, it gets my heart going sometimes. But it, even more so if it's a turkey. Scratching, I try to differentiate between, you know, is that a squirrel or is that a turkey? And then all of a sudden a deer pops out. I'm like, God, God, I'm hunting them. You know, I should have probably been ready for that. I'm sitting here trying to decide if it's a squirrel or a turkey and <laughs> wasn't prepared. <laughs> um, but, um, but that's awesome, dude. I know it's um, it's, 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 it's a lot to it. And um, like you said, it's, it's pretty exponential when it comes to, uh, to woodsmanship. You know, the more time you spend in the woods, they don't call it turkeysmanship. It's, it's woodsmanship. It, it has to do with the woods. And I know anytime you can get to spend a little time out there there's something to be learned um but um but i want you to go into the the chasing 49 gig uh, a little bit about it and tell uh, any listeners some details some some history on it kind of where it came from and what what the purpose is and kind of kind of how it came about because i know it's something that i've kept up with for a couple years now and um long probably before uh, the spring legion was even a thing 
But um, but so I, I've been looking forward to the conversation for a while, just getting to talk to you and and hear your take on it and all that good stuff. Well, man, Hunter, I appreciate the opportunity, and and for anybody who's listening that that actually cares to hear about it, like I'm sincerely grateful uh, that that people are interested in it. Um, you know, chasing forty nine. The, the the raw truth is it just kind of happened um and it and i i guess basically i in 2015 i said i started my slam i i definitely did not like start my slam i had no idea 2015 i was starting my slam in 2015 um i decided to take a trip out west to go turkey hunting and um you know, the truth is, uh, I work, a, I work a desk job and, uh, my desk job is two hours from my house. So I spend roughly four hours a day commuting to and from work. And, uh, I was pretty, you know, I, I was trying to, to trying to grow professionally as, as hard as I could at a younger age. And for those reasons, I never really got to go travel and turkey hunt very much. Um, you know, once I once I graduated college, when I, when I was in college, I was able to travel around a little bit. But once I graduated college, I pretty much just worked a desk job and you know had bills to pay and, and things of that oh, capacity. Yeah. And finally, um, I guess it was like in 2015, finally got to a place where I could go out west um, and go hunt a couple states. And and I didn't really have full intentions of hunting a couple states. I just kind of went out there. I, I went with my college roommate, one of my best friends. Um, we went out to Montana, met him out there and we traipsed around some public land for a couple of days and jumped between some, some public, had some, had some knock on permission on some private as we were out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say how many days it took me to shoot a turkey, but I'll tell you this, I, I finally shot one hey. and, uh, I was like, that was pretty awesome. And, uh, it, it was, you, you know how it is when you get on the road, you need that first it's almost like you need that first one to go your way before you can kind of get the ball rolling. Right. Well, well, that's what happened. And, um, we made, my buddy got one the next morning. We were, we were able to be successful. Um, just two really, really good hunts, very different hunts. Um, but very good. And then we went to, um, we went to Washington state where he was from and went to Washington state and, we're kind of running around. We're, we're running around some mountains and in this public land. And I have no idea what I am doing. Like at, at this point, I have thought to myself, like I would like to shoot a turkey in every state. Yep. But I do not know. I do not know what that means. And and I certainly had done zero preparation to really execute well um, or help position myself to be successful. But what I lacked at that time in preparation and education, I think I would say I made up for in effort. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I was actually able to shoot a Washington State turkey. And that turkey was was very special to me. Uh, It actually had it had a band around its leg wow. and I've, I've seen bands before because I, I shot waterfowl, but 
when I shot that turkey and he, and he never gobbled, I, I remember yelping up his head. I remember yelping. I was, I was on the edge of this canyon. There's, there's, there was a bench and I'd, I'd come around, um, kind of come around this turn and I hit the, I, I hit a yelp and this, this hen fired up. And I just remember like I needed to, I'd seen a good spot to set up probably 40 yards behind me. And so I, I kind of ran back there and I set up real quick. And I just thought to myself like, man, I knew she was close. And I was like, if she didn't see me, um, and she's got a gobbler, like, oh man, this could work out. And again, I, I really don't know anything about what I'm doing, but, but I, but I, I've obviously, you know, um, you know, been, been successful turkey hunting at home. So I'm just going to apply these same principles on the road. And, um, I yelped that, that hen up and that hen, you know, comes to 10 yards and like, she's just burning a hole through me. I just, I'm just waiting for her to, for her to putt and, and leave. And I eventually see a full fan come around and, that turkey makes a loop and he gets on a two track and I just remember like I, I couldn't shoot him because ultimately he was behind her and, and that pattern would, would not have made it, uh, would, would not have made it to, to only my target destination at that time. So I had to wait longer than I wanted. I, I remember when he got to like 15 yards, I finally had a hole and I, and I shot that turkey and I ran up there. And he was on his back, and I saw him kick, at, and I saw it. In a tenth of a second, I saw it. I, I saw that, that band, and I was like, oh, my goodness. That was a band. And, and I reached down, and I grabbed this turkey, and I'm on the edge of this canyon, and this turkey's about to drop off, like, you know, 500 feet, or, or, or like, literally. And, wow. and, and, and he would have dropped off. And I grabbed him really quick. And, and I grabbed him by his right leg, and I hold it up, and, and I look, and I'm like, there's no band. And then in another tenth of a second, my mind processed the image that was in my head. I was like, no, you idiot. Like, it's the left foot. And I look, <laughs> and there it was. You know, sure enough, there it was. And I was like, I mean, I was just super overwhelmed. Um, you know, I'm just a guy from Virginia who all of a sudden had, had, had gone out west. And, like, you know, you hear, you know, especially in, in 2015, there were even lesser turkeys being banded during that period than, than there are today for, for research. Um, and it was just an amazing moment for me like you know that was kind of like a dream a dream come true i think you know everybody and anybody oh, yeah. who hunts who wants, you, you know like just just being honest like it's not like we're setting out to shoot a band of turkey but like man i, I think all of us can acknowledge that, that would be a very that's a special moment and, it, and it's a unique moment it's very cool right absolutely and, and like it doesn't differentiate anyone as being like a better turkey hunter than the other because Lord knows I'm not band checking turkeys, you know, just like I'm just shooting full fans, you know? Uh, so like, it, it was just a really awesome moment. Um, and I was like, I was very overwhelmed in that moment. I remember calling my brother, telling him of my success. Uh, my brother was integral in my development as a turkey hunter. Um, he certainly got it way before I did. And um, he, he definitely very much took me under my, under his wing and, and showed me like essentially how to hunt turkeys. And, uh, so I, I was, I called him from that Canyon edge, you know, and, and I'll just never forget that moment. It's super cool. And, um, went back to my buddy's house, showed him turkey. It was awesome. You know, put it in the freezer. Cause obviously I had to bring that one home. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to Idaho. He's like, where are you going in Idaho? And I was like, I have no idea, but I'm going, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is basically exactly the way it went in, hey. in, in uh, Washington. Like, and so off I go to Idaho and 
long story short, Idaho plays out, and, and it was just like this amazing experience where I knew nothing about what I was doing. And, and the, the beauty in that is that I learned everything not to do. I walked away from that experience hunting those three states, never like really thinking I was going to hunt three states, let alone shoot three turkeys in those states. But I learned just what I would never do, which is never go to another state without all this information that, that I now knew I would need. Because essentially, like, you know, back then, I'd walk 10, 10 plus miles a day every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Up and down those mountains. You know, 10, 10, 10 miles in, in, in the flatlands is one thing, right? 10 miles out, out west in the mountains with, you know, 500 plus foot elevation changes. That's a very different 10 miles. Big difference. Um, very, very big difference. And so <clears throat> basically just learned all the things that I, that I w- should never do, which was everything that I'd done there. And from that hunt in 2015, like I, I kind of told, told, um, Steven in like 2016 that I was like going to go on all these, I was going to go hunt these states. Steven is, uh, my partner with Jason 49, Steven Spurlock. He's, mm-hmm. he's the producer. Um, he's our, he produces all the films. He shoots a lot of our, our, um, a lot of our video content, um, as well as, uh, Miles Williamson. He also, who also works, works with us. Um, really, really good kid. I call him, call him my son. Proud of him. He does a great job for us. Um, and so in 2016, kind of went to a bunch of states and, you know, based off this information that I that I learned I needed on uh, 2015, went to, in 2016 went to a bunch of states. Just happened to have a really good year that year. Just was really blessed um, and and made good on the on on the experience that that I had gained from 2015. And between 2016 and 2017, Stephen had kind of spun up a pro. Um, a media production company called Tailhorse Productions, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Hey, uh, you care if um, you know, if we come film something, you know, we come film, come film you this year." I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's great. That's, I don't care. You know, if you want to come film something, that's fine." And so Ryan Whitelaw and I in 2017 made a western swing, and that's kind of how Chasing Forty Nine started. Like, um, there were some companies who who had heard about this, who, who had heard about it at this point, and they kind of wanted to support showcasing and telling this story of of U.S. Super Slam. And in 2017, we we made some swings and and made they you know they made a film on it. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, that film launched, and it was it was called Day Seven. And um, you know there's you know, it, it, it's out there for folks who have seen it, and, and it was um, it was a pretty rough swing. I think White Wall and I both got beat up pretty bad, if, if we're being honest, looking back on it. And I think uh, we, we both learned a lot. I certainly learned a lot. Um, you know, I, th- I think turkeys always teach you humility. Um, but, but more than humility, it, it taught us – it taught me specifically, I can't speak for Ryan, taught me a lot about um, – the unique social, um, element of high mountain elevation, Miriam. 
they're a very different turkey. Um, you know, those, those high mountain elevation Miriams, they, they do not do a lot of social interacting with a lot of turkeys. They, they're, they're just not so many of them. And due to predation and due to flock and due to food and due to roosting and due to snow lines, those, those turkeys, they stay with each other more than, more than any other subspecies and, and more than, more than Miriams that don't live in high elevation areas. And uh, there's just a unique element um, of their, their, their social interaction and um, congruency that, that I do not believe any other turkey has. And that was the first time I'd really pursued them, I felt like. And so uh, day seven in 2018 kind of encompasses the challenges that we dealt with uh, while, while both hunting them. Wow. And I've and never so, really hunted, hunted, uh, you know, high mountain Miriams. So that's kind of news to me hearing that, um, that they're, you know, they're just a totally different, different turkey, man. That's wild. Totally different turkey. I, you know, I, those, those Miriams are, you know, everybody's got their opinion on which one's the toughest. And quite honestly, like all you have to do is walk into any single state and talk to anybody. And they're happy to tell you about how their turkey is the toughest. Oh yeah. They're all going to be. Um, right. Um, but you, the, the one thing I'll say is I've never really hunted high elevation Miriam in the later season. And I, I, I certainly would like to, I'd like to under, I'd like to see what type of, of interaction that is with, with, with a Miriam gobbler. I have, I do not believe I've ever yelped at a Miriam high elevation gobbler when he did not have a hen with him physically present. Mm-hmm. I can I can assure you I have never shot one without a hen present. And if it's not it's not the gobbler that creates the challenges, it is most certainly the hen and the hen period. And they are very different from an eastern hen. They're very different from, from a Rio or an Osceola. They're, they're very they're a very different turkey. Uh, that social dynamic, I believe that those turkeys spend a very high percentage of time in and around each other over the course of 365 day year, more than any other subspecies. This is, this is my opinion. And, and like, this is my opinion based on my experience hunting them. So someone has a different one, uh, you, you can feel free to call me and tell me about yeah. yours. Cause I'd, I'd love to know, but, but, but when you hunt them in and around that opening day, when that, when that snow line is very prominent and it still has those turkeys, very much in the same flock that they've been in since since fall and, and that they're going to carry into for a very prolonged period throughout the course of the calendar year, I believe that those hens and their social, with those social dynamics, I believe that they, they, they hear the cadence, they hear the tone, they hear the pitch of, of every hen in their flock. And I, and I just absolutely believe that they can differentiate something that is foreign to the flock with which they have spent more time than more time congregating and interacting with than any other species has. Um, and for that reason, I believe that there's a very negative response that can be produced from an outside influence of a yelp or a- any, any audible turkey vocalization. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and with that, with that negative adverse response, those turkeys do not stop when they start moving. 
Like when you hear one yell, like when you when you when you yell or, or you make a call, and those hens start to go down that canyon and up that next ridge, you're talking about a turkey could to go down, you know, 300 feet up 800 on the other side of the ridge. They're going to do that in a matter of minutes, and that that same walk is going to take you, let's call it 50, 45, wh- whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a pretty significant amount of time. When, when you crest over that next ridge, the odds are they still haven't stopped. They're up and over the next one. Yeah. M- most Easterns, you know, you yell that hen, that hen, they pull them away. Like, you know, they're not going the same distance, and it's certainly not the amount of physical exertion to get to an Eastern when when they finally slow down and stop and settle back down and and start to feed and strut and 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 become, um, you know. You know, more passive, mm-hmm. if you will. But those high mountain elevation, Miriam, they get going at a whole new level, and it and it is not the same to catch up with them. And so, my experience is just that that's a really tough turkey, man. Yeah. And uh, they 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 certainly have given me the fifth, and uh, that's what day seven was with chasing forty nine, and then you know ever basically ever since that film kicked off. Um, kind of kept filming and you know ultimately now in, in april 2020 i was able to you know be really fortunate and uh, depending upon how you look at it it was like a blessing and a curse as far as i'm concerned to finish the slam uh but you know that 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 was i, I do think you know finality is very important to to the process if that's what you're after in, right. in anything in life right like you, you don't start something not finish and uh you know, the the Lord guided me to, to my final moment with the slam in April 2020. And ever since then, now I've just been able to have like, um, you know, uh, ha- have a, a, a different role with chasing 49, able to kind of support, um, you know, our partners, able to support our team, obviously able to help, you know, try to support our group as, as much as possible. But, you know, the truth is <clears throat> chasing 49, we want to, you know, we want to document stories of, of modern times in the past because the reality is there's, there's some great stories to be told out there today about some turkey hunters who are really passionate, but there's, there's equally as much, there's equally or much as much or more important stories with, with, with all due respect to modern turkey hunters as, as those of, of the past, because there's, there's folks that, may or may not have the physical ability to turkey hunt anymore if it can tell the history of the turkey um, in, in a way that, that, quite honestly, Hunter, you and I can't because we weren't there throughout that period. Yeah. And that, that period of turkey hunting history is probably the most pivotal to, to our generation and future generations of turkey hunters if, if the turkey is going to continue to thrive and be respected. And so like, our core mission is, is to not just tell the story of the modern day turkey hunter, but it's very much to tell the story of the turkey, the turkey hunters of the past. And we think it's incredibly important to tell those stories today because the reality is not so sure that there's so many tomorrows where we're going to have the opportunity to do those interviews with those folks. Yeah. If if you understand. Mm -hmm. And so we take that very passionately. Um, You know, obviously like, 
the, the conservation piece is, is another very critical element to, to kind of our message. Like, obviously, taking is one thing, but you got to put back to the resource. And, you know, try, we, we, we certainly try to work with biologists, just, just as you do, Hunter, you know, with, with, with your group and, and, and anybody who's passionate about turkeys right now. You know, we, we all want to understand, you know, we want more answers from the science. Uh, because we all have a lot of questions, right? And there's more questions than there are answers. We are all striving to get to that point so that the resource can continue to be bountiful. And that, you know, in three years, it's still chasing 49 and not chasing 47 right, in our yeah. mind, right? And so that's like a very critical thing for us. And, um, you know, and, and, and then we, you know, we, we, we just want to protect and advocate for that as, as much as we can. And so, you know that's that's really who we are as a group. Um, obviously, we hunt a lot. Of, we, hunt a, we hunt a tremendous amount of public land. We hunt a tr- we, we we hunt private land too. Where 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 like if you're if we're in a state, um, you know if, if if we're in a state, you can do a door knock and you get on private land. Like you know we're we're happy to do that too. And so we we think it's very important that like everyone has a seat at this table as well. And, and we certainly try to, we try to message that in a way that like brings that degree of awareness because turkeys are turkeys and it's going to take everyone in order for the turkey to come out of this in a positive manner that, that has sustainability where harvest can continue throughout the places that it calls home. And, and that's, um, and, Long and short of it is that's chasing forty nine, man, and that's how chasing forty nine kind of came to came to fruition. That's not that's not quite near what I had always pictured in my mind. So I'm glad, you know. I kind of asked that in a general way of like, uh, like I'll do that with like interviews and stuff, like an opportunity to hey, what do you what's what's a you know what would you want the the underline the the, the subtitle to be, I guess, so to speak of a podcast title, episode title. Um, but that was, you know, that's not exactly how I had it pictured. You just, and I don't know why I would picture it any differently. Um, but, um, but I thought that, you know, it was, it was more started with the, with the, the brand in the forefront instead of in the back end, like it was, you know, like you mentioned accidentally and, um, which all good things usually oh, yeah. happen accidentally. Um, it, yeah, it never, I don't think, I mean, the truth is, in 2018, I, I think if you told Stephen, we, Stephen and I, we'd still be here, and and you know, 2023, doing this and 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 trying to showcase the bird. Like, you know, one thing I'll also say about our about chasing 49 is we try to showcase it one of the most tasteful ways possible. I mean, we, we take we take a tremendous amount of <clears throat> pride in the way that we showcase the bird because we we feel that passionately about it. And, and, and I know, like, I know when I say this to you, like, you know, obviously you feel just the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we think that that's a really important aspect of, of who we are and our brand's identity. And so we just really strive passionately to make sure that that bird is presented in an admirable way uh, that brings it the greatest degree of respect and not the people that are pursuing it. Like mm-hmm. chasing 49. Yeah. While, while my story was told, and we tell stories of other people who have hunted the bird. Like it's not about people hunting the turkey, it's about the turkey. Um, the turkey should be at the forefront. The people who do it, it should just be, we should just be able to stylistically present that yeah. in a way that brings the diversity and awareness to turkey hunters that, so that they can all identify with the people who are, do, who are in pursuit of the bird. But the, 
primary focus shouldn't be the person. It should be the bird. Right. And I like, I like how you kind of spent that. Um, it's almost like the turkeys are the stories, and you just happen to be the one who gets to tell it, if that makes sense. Um, that's, exa- that's exactly the way we look at it. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, you know, Stephen's like, Stephen's just a phenomenal storyteller, you know? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he's um, talented. And, and, and we've, we've got, like, a tremendous team. And, you know, between, you know, Stephen and Miles and the rest of our extended team, like, I, I feel like we're able to kind of put together these stories that really showcase, you know, the bird and, and introduce some, some passionate turkey hunters that uh, build a narrative for how they pursue the bird, always keeping the turkey itself the fri- primary focal point. Right. At least that's my opinion. You know, uh, certainly some people I'm sure you know, have others, and that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, just just really, it, it for us, it, first and foremost, it's about the turkey. Oh yeah, and this is pretty uh pretty obvious if you if you haven't watched any of their their films they're talking about. Um, it's, it's it's pretty obvious where their heads at in a lot of this, and I, I know one of my favorites is uh, Doc Weddles. That's a I saw, mm-hmm. Just looking at the cover, I'm like, I know this is about to be really good. <laughs> just uh, before I, I don't I even have to click play. That, um, that was, Let me tell you about the doc. Is, I, I'm sure you you've had an opportunity to you know interact with doc. I haven't. I'm, I've I'm never. Sure, I've never right? talked with as, uh, as authors of uh, turkey hunting literature. Right. Well, we have exchanged books, and that is it. The only the only messages we have kind of uh, passed back and forth are written on the 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 cover page of a book. He's written one of mine and I wrote one on his and that's it. Yeah, I've never talked to him on the phone, met him in person or anything. Uh, Doc is, Doc is an absolute trip. You know, Doc, Doc's book, uh, was, was one of the primary motivators for me to like kind of bite off and say like, I'm going to pursue a super slam once mm-hmm. I read it. Uh, or I'm, you know, just going to shoot turkey in all 49 states. But Doc's an amazing guy. Um, tremendous turkey hunter um had the opportunity to spend some mornings with him uh on a tree and and i've I've enjoyed every morning or every interaction with him but i do believe that that the movie that that we created called the doc fully encompasses doc and all in his personality and and who he is and uh so yeah like if if you find that entertaining hunter all i can tell you like you need uh, you need to find Doc somewhere in a spring in the spring woods. You'll to. enjoy him even more. I you need, you to. need to do that. I couldn't tell you. I, I I can't encourage you to do that anymore. Well, I hope I hope maybe we might run into him one day. Um, but um, but um, but I did want to get into some of the the I guess so to speak the logistics of of doing this. I mean, it's an accomplishment, and it is one that I up until probably I'd say. Uh, well, I'd say within the past two, maybe three years, I never even, I didn't even know that there was a, a term. If there, I mean, the U.S. Super Slam, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things I heard, and I'm like, how have I never thought of that? But I haven't. Um, you know, it would be really cool, and then seeing more, more, and more folks kind of hop on board with thinking, you know, this is a, this is a very cool opportunity, you know, and it really kind of is an extra spin on it, and then there's an extra urgency and a sense of the now and a sense of you know if it's one of those things like you want to accomplish it and then you look back and then the the story the, the the book you have written is so much more than the objective so to speak of getting to see turkeys in all these different places and experience different things and 
running into folks like uh, Doc and all the other ones I'm sure y'all run into. But um, there, I know there's got to be a lot of planning that goes into this. I, I know if you're like me, you don't plan anything. But I know you got to eventually bite down and plan some stuff, which I've had to learn these past few years when there were a few swings that I was able to take, um, whether out west or up north and um, kind of your area. And um, there's a lot more to it than I thought. You know, I'm, I think I want to say la- it was last year or year before last, I'm headed up to um, – Wisconsin or somewhere, I'm like, and I and I really, I'm I'm terrible at planning. I, I hop in the truck and I go to the gas station and I just say, all right, I'm on gas pretty cheap. I better go on and go. And I'll just head north and um I'll I'll get up to uh, Kentucky and go. Well, nah, I don't like the weather up there. I'll I'll take I'll hook a left at the next exit and go out to uh, Kansas, Nebraska, somewhere like that. And I think I wound up. I was trying to get to Colorado and then somehow wound up headed. Change of plans, going to go to uh, Wisconsin, about halfway there. I was, I was like, if I get on the other side of Nashville, I'll just go over or up one or the other, and i got to decide by then. And then um, I was talking to a, <laughs> a couple of buddies that were up there, and they were like, uh, you got to be drawn for this, uh, for where we're at. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Th- that whole state that you keep uh, – I'm, I was like stuck in Illinois and couldn't hunt there at all. And uh, I think Indiana closed the, the day before or after that. And I'm like, well, now I'm really in a bind. Now i got to pick one or the other, and it's – None of them are close, so um, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into planning and figuring out where, you know, not necessarily, but also necessarily hitting, you know, peak goblin weeks or so, you know, kind of hitting the sweet spot of a season where uh, gobblers would be more uh, cooperative, but also, you know, if there's uh, stuff you got to do, if you don't get drawn for this state, does that nail a whole section of, of states that you would try to hit or what makes it more, what's more strenuous, the, the, the time that it would take to um, – kind of hop over states i guess so to speak or the time it would take to hunt a, uh, a tough state that you might have to spend a couple of days is there any way to like pre-allocate any of that yeah yeah so i mean look what you just asked um we probably need to start this whole call over again we just need all the time <laughs> we, but, um, we can turn this into I, five episodes I, if we need to because i'm these are, these are legitimate I, curious there, uh, questions i'm asking there is there's a lot to go. So, you know, I don't, I can't speak for anyone else, but, um, okay. I'll just start. So, so the first thing, like planning a slam, uh, if, if you're going to do a slam, you have to plan. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when I finally did it in 2015, I did those three states. I, I literally made up my mind that that was it. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this in five years 2020 20 like that that was my goal was to finish I, I just walked away from it and said that and so I came back and you know I told you I've got a desk job and my desk job you know we 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 do things using excel and I'm not saying I'm the greatest at it I'm probably one of the one of the worst but but I know how to use it right and so I came back to I came back to my house and I opened up Excel and I started to look at the state. I started to look at the map of the United States. And my general principle was, um, and, and, and this is like an interesting statement for, for anybody who's actually like listening. This is, this is actually an important statement. Um, where you live matters. Uh, yeah. where, you, where you sleep, where you rest your head, that matters. That's your departure. And wherever you depart from, you draw a 12 hour circle driving distance around you from wherever you sleep. Those are states that you can get 
in a weekend. And so that that's my personal, like that was my personal um, philosophy, mm-hmm. right? So wherever you, Hunter, sleep tonight, 12 hours from, from wherever that is, those are the states that you can get on a weekend or a long weekend. Everything outside of that is a destination trip. And so for me, you know, I got two weeks off a year. So I was going to take my two weeks off from my desk job to, to hunt, um, hunt my swings. I was going to do my swings and my swings were my destination state. My destination states were always in excess of a 12 hour drive. Okay. Whether that was a fly or that was a drive, uh, or, or I did drive, excuse me, but, but everything exceeding 12 hours was a planned swing. Everything within that 12 hour, uh, radius was a weekend. I could essentially leave my desk job at 3 PM on Thursday and drive 12 hours and be there by 3 AM Friday morning, get an hour sleep, wake up, get a roost hunt in, then, you know, work my desk job, uh, from like a hotel. I, I would just go in. Uh, I probably shouldn't say this on, you know, a podcast, but here, here's what I do. Um, I'd go to a hotel and I'd ask for their business, their business center. And they don't ask you, are you staying there? Oh yeah. Don't. And so I just, I mean, the truth is I'd get a quick roost on in. Sometimes I'd be successful. Like sometimes that first thing right out of the gate, Friday morning, boom, going to go off. Awesome. But at 9am I'd have conference calls that I'd had to get to. And so at 9am I'd be in a business center for wherever, whatever state I was in. And I would, I would steal their Wi-Fi for the day and I would work my desk job and I'd work my desk job till four o'clock. And guess what? At four o'clock I would go back and like, if I, if I'd heard a turkey, I'd go back and find him. And if I hadn't, I'd go put my, put my feet and my eyes and my ears on new country, new territory. But the way I really did my slam outside of my two weeks off was weekend trips within 12 hour windows. And I was able to find a high degree of success shooting turkeys on Fridays and Saturdays and where Sunday hunting was allowed Sundays and then driving back and being at home for my desk job on Monday morning. And that's why, you know, when, when it comes down to your planning, it's, it's, it's very important that, you know, if, if, if you're working, man, if you're, you know, if you're working class like I am, like you, you've got to be really strategic with how you allocate your vacation time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I came back from that first swing in 2015, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I kind of, I kind of looked at the map, the you know, the map of the lower 48, obviously Hawaii's still in there, but like I, you know, the truth is I, I was kind of kicking Hawaii down the road. So I was pretty much just focused on the lower 48. And I was like, how am I going to cluster these states together to get this thing knocked out and to do it in five years? Well, I started to look at all these season dates and what I do in Excel is, is I, is I'd open tabs up for, I have tabs open and I still have my Excel sheet from, from 2000 and 16 to 2020. And in there is my trip start date, my trip end date, the state or states that I plan on hitting during that swing. I've got a column that calculates the amount of days off, business days off that I would need wow. that's baked into there. 
And that way I could, and, and then I have a, then I have a maximum threshold down at the bottom of the Excel sheet that basically says, you know, anything exceeding 10, 10 business days is red. It shows up as red. It's formatted conditionally so that it shows the reds so that I need to go back and work my start and end dates on these trips so that I can basically make, make my hunting schedule meet the amount of days off that I have. And as I continue to track through that, then I have the season dates for all of the seasons in you know, all of the seasons that I'm going to pursue within that year. But I also have my neighboring states because the truth is if you get done and, and like, let's just say a state goes the right way. I think most people, you know, including myself, give a state three days mm-hmm. and, and, and some, some take more, some take less, but it, it, a three hour or a three day average, I think is a, respectful and appropriate amount of time to allocate to a state on a swing. Um, put a, put an asterisk by that. This is a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, Oh yeah, of course. Right. And, and what about this state? And don't, and don't worry. If, if you're asking that question, I know the answer and, and, and you're right. I agree. But in a general sense, if you're going to plan this out, you're going to try to be logistically minded understanding that you have a life outside of just trying to be traveling turkey hunter i think that that's a good good a good average to apply and so as i go from there from my season dates then i start to break down every single one of those states that i'm going to go to as well as neighboring states and as i look at that i look at things like uh i'm looking at like you know Illinois. Right now, I'm looking at 2019. Like I'm looking at Illinois, and to the right of that, I've got season for I've got the North Zone versus my South Zone seasons. I'm looking at second and third season. Then from there, I'm looking at Louisiana. I'm looking at like seasons A, you know, seasons A, B, and C. Like everything, you know, Wisconsin's in there. Uh, you know, I've got seasons A through F. Um, and 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 like obviously, there's there's also you know the different zones in here, and so every piece of data that I need in order to ensure that I can get to these states when I need to get to them is presented to me so that I can come up with a plan. Um, and you know, that, that's like, that, that's extremely important. I also included in here because, because really my planning always started, um, really in July after her season ended. Um, and, and I even like, I also added, I add to the right of that, like, like my application drawing periods, because if you're not conscious of your application periods, you will very much, you will very much overlook a very critical date that you shouldn't have, or you simply won't have the points to be able to finish when you want. To finish. Right. So you, you really have to be. You have to be a, a, a macro and, 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 and a micro analyst on that. Um, you, you have to think big picture, but you also have to be in the weeds. You cannot overlook a single detail, but you need to ensure you understand where every piece of this puzzle fits into the big picture. And for me, that started beyond that 12-hour radius mark so that I could jump out west and I could start to, you know, out west, you know, obviously I'm East Coast guy, you know, out West is a far plane flight. Um, you know, need those states are also much further to drive through. It just needed to be very conscious of how I was allocating my time to those states and 
that when I went out there, I was hitting multiple states because of the cost just to get there. Um, and, and for anybody who's listening, who's thinking about planning like a swing, um, one of the things I'll also tell you is like, try to come up with a swing that allows you to structure, um, your state where you can fly into a major hub as opposed to like a subsidiary airport. Mm-hmm. Um, chasing a super slam, not the cheapest thing you're ever going to do. And, and I think I did it as cheap as possible. Um, I, I really like never stayed in a hotel, like literally ever. I, I always slept in a car. Uh, you know, we didn't go out to eat. Like I, I make sandwiches and then we turkeys we shoot. Like we do this as, as, as affordable and economical as possible. But the truth is like these expenses will add up. That's, that's just the reality. If, if you factor an average of $200 per out of state hunting license, and, and, you know, you're going to go hunt 10, 15 states in a year, your state hunting licenses alone become a, what I consider a, a, a reasonable expense. Like, I, I don't know how much money everybody makes, but like, that's, that's not just a drop in the bucket right. to me. And so flying into hubs when you're planning these trips allows you to fly through, uh, larger commercial airline, airline providers. So that's going to decrease your cost. Secondarily, those major hubs have absolutely highly discounted like, or much greater discounted rates on rental vehicles than as opposed to those subsidiary locations um, where, you know, renting a car is, is two or three times as much as, as flying into a major airport. The, the last point that I'll make on the value of flying into a major hub that, that you should be aware of is, the reality is, if you fly into a major hub, it's probably a general, it's a, a generally um, larger city uh, with higher degree of occupancy. There's most frequently going to be a Walmart um, within a, a reasonable distance of that airport, and I just use Walmart as like as, as my personally preferred first stop on a big turkey swing because if I've flown to a state. I need to do things like buy cooler, buy pillows, buy sleeping bag, buy blanket, buy sandwich meat, buy, buy the things that you are going to ultimately um, ultimately use as a one-time stop, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to use them for this swing and then you're going to discard them. Um, so knowing that you're going to discard these elements, you obviously want to be as economical and con- you know uh, financially fiscal as you can with it. Walmart just happens to be the most desired location as far as I'm concerned for that. And so that's just a, a third and, uh, you know, a, a third point on to why I feel it's most valuable to fly into a major hub as a part of a swing. And so, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you, you kind of like start to think through all these elements and you start to align these seasons and what you'll, you know, when you talk about things like peak gobbling and so on, you know, I, I think the value of hunting, a super, of, of, you know, chasing 49 and, and hunting a super slam is that um, you you don't look for that at all. Like, mm-hmm. you just go turkey hunting. And, and you don't look to align yourself to anything other than dividend season. And, at least that's what I did. Yeah. Um, you learn 
a tremendous amount chasing a super slam at a highly accelerated rate. I, I don't think that there's any degree of learning that I have ever done in my life that I learned at the pace with which I did how to hunt a turkey in any regional, um, in, in a geographical area under any type of like uh, social dynamic or, or based on the season and gobbling phases and, you know, um, you know, social interactions uh, amongst the bird. Like you, you simply learn how to kill turkeys, how to hunt turkeys in, in anywhere, in any state, in any phase. And you, you learn it. You, you just learn it. You learn to process the information. You, you learn how to be successful against what, what some folks would consider poor odds. And, and that success is what may motivate you. It was, it's, it's, it's like the apex of hunting, quite frankly. You, you become an apex hunter. You're an apex predator. That's, that is what a super slam teaches you as a turkey hunter. It doesn't matter where the turkey lives. It doesn't matter where that turkey's at in the breeding cycle, you can kill him. If you pay attention to the information and you learn the hard elements of how to find turkeys, how to process that information, how to understand what they're telling you based on the audible responses that they're giving you, based on the visual elements that you're presented with as well in certain regions and geographical areas, it teaches you how like, the super slam basically teaches you how to become an apex turkey hunter, mm-hmm. and and you 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 throw away like any regard for peak anything. You just go turkey on it, and just, and you yeah. just have to go in there with the mindset that you're not leaving there without w- without being successful. Like you didn't you didn't you didn't come there to leave. Right, you didn't come that without far. turkey. And I love like because I'm a yeah. I'm a I don't have an economic background, but I studied economics in college, and I, I think of a, a lot of situations in Turkey Woods along those lines. I think, I mean, one of the chapters in the the upcoming book that will be releasing, I think, next week at the time of this recording is, is Setter's Paribus, and then there's a whole um, whole kind of theory on a diminishing rate of marginal return in there, and it's just a bunch of just data that goes on, you know, mentally and cerebrally. Mm-hmm. on the micro uh, based off of a, a bird's reaction, a bird's, you know, demeanor, all the way down to the, the macro of if, if if this happens in this state, it would happen in this state, and then things that become a concept more, so to speak, of, you know, this this makes this happen, and this would mean this, if that makes any sense. I know I'm, I'm very general generalizing it a lot. No, that, but, but, um, but, but, but I, I think that's fair, and, and I agree with you 100%. Um. But, but that's the power of it. And frankly, that's what makes what, when you find success in a state that all you've done is e-scout and make phone calls on, mm-hmm. you go up, you find success against mods that may or may not have been probable for you. That is overwhelming. Yeah. That is, that is the highest of, of highs that I believe a hunter can feel. And the only thing you want to do at that point is feel it again. You just want to replicate that moment over and over as many times as you can. Um, and like, that's what is so captivating around pursuing 
a U.S. slam. That's 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 what does it. Um, I, and and like there, the one thing I will say is like there, turkey hunting has, has changed exponentially even since I started to like do the slam, and 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 and, and I know you've seen it too. And the one thing I'll tell you is like the the feeling of success, the gratification of that moment and respect for the bird, in my opinion, is in your own understanding of how to be successful and, and how to facilitate your own success. And while my success was not always my own by any means, and, and I don't think anyone who ever has ever done a, a slam would, would ever say like, yeah, my success was always my own. Like, you're going to make a lot of phone calls. You're going to talk to a lot of people. You're going to do a lot of, like, you're going to do a, a lot of information gathering to help facilitate your own success. And there are going to be people who are an integral part of helping facilitate that success because you're going to make these phone calls and they're going to, they're going to present you a picture and you're going to have to build that pick, build a strategy around this picture so that you can find success at the end of the day. But what I can say here, what I, what, what I mean in all of this is that like, you know, by simply like, hey, I need some pins, and you know, hey, hey, like you know, ju- you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just like run through all these states on, on, you know, like, and, and run through all these states because I've got got a bunch of connections. Like, I don't think that it, I don't think that that motivation is is the same. Understanding the turkey and wanting to be able to like interact with the turkey in, in any any state of a breeding phase across any geographical region during any part of the hunting season and try and find success independently or like through those like more sincere information gathering methods. I think like, I think that's really important to wanting to complete a super slam as opposed to just like wanting to run through states so that you can say that like you shot a turkey in all 49 states. And I think that there's a different degree of gratification that comes from that. And I think that the purpose of shooting a super slam and doing all of this and paying attention to all these details is so that when you walk away from this experience, you can walk away from this experience feeling like you truly understand how turkeys live and you truly understand how you have the ability to influence their behavior or to influence your own decision making based off of their behavior so that you can be successful in, in any place during any time. And I think as long as that motivation stays pure with, 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 with that being the goal, then I think like the, the integrity of the slam and like the significance of it will be maintained. Um, but I do think it's very important that folks like recognize like the purpose isn't just to shoot, to say like, I shot a turkey in 49 states. Like that's definitely not the goal. At least it wasn't in my opinion. And I don't think my predecessors would say that. Uh, the purpose was to, to be a student of the bird, to be a steward of the bird, and to truly like ingrain yourself in 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 like a lifestyle that it was just like wholly focused on this this accomplishment or this milestone that really allowed you to to feel the highest degree of success because the effort was proportional to the milestone. And, and where the effort isn't proportional, I, I, I think that that starts to compromise, like, 
the intent. Yeah. I'm with you there hundred percent. And, and it's, it's one of those things that I've never done. I've never come close. I don't even know if I'm a quarter of the way to killing one in all 49 States, but it's, it's just a few that I have. I, I can relate somewhat to the, the, the feeling, the, the, the odd feeling that, that doesn't feel like every other Turkey. If that makes any sense. They're all special. They're all unique. I know. And then there's, there, there's some that it's just like, now I came a long way and I'm not talking about miles to, to just, to just look at that different kind of a shade of uh, iridescence, if that makes any sense. And and it was worth it, obviously. Um, it, it's just, you, you, you can't help but notice all the stuff that happened. And that was really obviously the, the success. And I'm sure that's what you're kind of uh, insinuating is the, the, the process and you got to love the process and, and nearly everything good has a process. And um, I think I mentioned the other day to somebody, I think it was a guest on somebody else's podcast that, you know, man who, who loves walking will, you know, reach thousands of destinations. The guy who's just trying to get to the destination, but when you, when you love the process of it and you kind of obsess over the, the micros of it, everything, you know, you're going to get there. And that's almost not an inevitable thing, but it's a matter of how you do it. And then the, the, the stuff that goes into it is the appreciation towards that, that one Turkey that was shot on the 49th state, I would think. Um, that's just, you know, kind of how I perceived it to be. Um, and, and that's something that, I hope one day I can I can come back to and, and say, man, I, that's exactly right. You know, Keith hit it on on the the nail on the head with that, and um, it's just a it, it's a big tip of the cap to anybody who's done it. And I know a lot of my friends have have started and have I can see the the gears in their mind turning a lot like yours have been this past hour. Or so it's just the 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 extras, the extra cerebral aspect to it, the 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 more aggressive approach to logistics and stuff like that um which is if you add a parameter to turkey hunting you're adding it's like <laughs> killing a turkey is hard enough so is anything that adds on top of that oh, is, is amazing you know absolutely I, this, is, this is not a joke when i tell you this like there were times like i was getting fruit steak and i was like wait, wait wait did i really get this many like am i really when i went into my last season i had three states left and i was like did I really shoot one in all the others? I better double check. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I'm being serious. Like, I mean, you're talking about shooting 49 turkeys, right? Like, that's yeah. what we're talking about. 49, 49 turkeys, turkeys is a big feat, well, period. But, but absolutely, let's, like, start back when we were, like, in high school and stuff, right? Like, you're just happy to shoot a turkey. Maybe maybe there's some people listening who were, like, God's gift turkey hunting back when they were, like, 16 years old. Well, guess what? I wasn't. I think I shot my first turkey. When I was 16 years old, literally, I, I think that's true. I think I shot my very first turkey at age 16, okay? So, like, maybe some people are just really good at it. But, like, when you're 16 years old, think about shooting, like, think about the daunting and overwhelming, like, thought of, I'm going to go to 49 states and shoot a turkey. Like, what does that even mean, you know? Right. Like. 49 turkeys in, in 49 states like that, that's pretty overwhelming like it's, it's inconceivable and i and so you know it's just it's an amazing it's, it's an amazing experience you know the turkey is like the turkey is one thing but like the fact that you get to go and bed yourself in different cultures and see all these unique landscapes and meet all these amazing people that is what makes the slam you know um so remarkably 
uh, addicting, quite frankly. And, and, and that's what, what makes it so hard to put down. But, you know, being able to go shoot turkeys across all these states, like, that's just, that's just an exclamation point as far as I'm concerned. But I, I do remember, like, getting to the end of it at one point. And I was just like, damn, did I really actually do all those? I'd, like, go back through my math. I, I, I did that, like, you know, for anybody who wonders. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not that smart of a guy. I actually had to double-check myself. And I was like, yep, I, I got those. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Like, <laughs> we're actually going to finish this year. We can move like, onward now. This is it. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, admittedly, in my opinion, the saddest part, the moving on part, is that part. If I can go back, if it never ended, that'd be perfect. Man, it's. I'm getting itch just thinking about it. Just uh, and and the, the I'd never seen a Casey's gas station until like two years ago. I'm like, this is like an iconic piece of American history. I feel like out out this in these parts, you know, um, I have eaten more. Um, gas station pizza and stuff like that from these places i feel like i, I deserve a you know like a uh some kind of a not a credit card but you know one of those rewards cards or something i'm like man at the end of the day thank Get god for casey's card. gas stations you know yeah yeah buddy yeah you do casey's cars casey's are a love and if there was an uh, like an acceptance speech or anything that comes at the end of, of something of this you know magnitude <laughs> like you gotta throw Casey, whoever the heck casey is you gotta throw him in there <laughs> man. Oh man! <laughs> I, I got to. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna go ahead and throw mine out there. It's gonna be to Levi Garrett. Oh yeah, uh, Levi and I. Levi and I can make it. And if anybody anybody <laughs> knows me, I feel like oh, yeah. gonna die. Oh, everybody knows Keith. Like yeah, that, Levi Garrett. He and I with a cup of black coffee. We're gonna get there. That was uh, that was in my little jotted down notes of what on an outline was like. I, before, if, if it ever gets, if the quiet, if if the conversation ever gets quiet, I, I do want to know preference in uh, chewing tobacco because that was, I mean, it's, it should be trademarked by now, I would think. How? <laughs> <laughs> That's so damn funny to me. <laughs> you know that too. It's like, Look, you, I you mean, think, I'm thought big... you think Chase 49, you think that guy's got to have a pouch in his mouth at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let me tell you, good times. Look, all I can tell you is this, like, I'm just a, just a big fan of all night driving, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like I got a desk job and all this other garbage. And, you know, so when it comes down to it, like, man, I'm just tired, but, uh, um, you know. Through thick and thin. As long as I got Levi Garrett, yep. I'll make it. Yep. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. You know, Levi Garrett and I have, like, uh, we, we, we do have, we have a challenging relationship because, you know, I really don't like to, I don't like to waste a good dip. I'm just going to be honest with mm-hmm. you. And so sometimes there'll be times when, you know, I, I will wear out a box call trying to yelp for turkeys yep. and then and like you know sometimes you know sometimes i really should be using a mouth call so maybe i need to find some maybe maybe i need to find some better self-restraint Man, but uh year after but, yeah, year i think it's gonna anybody, anybody who hunts with me will tell you like yeah the guys I, it's just how i turkey hunt you know like i'm i'm not taking that out till i know when i sit down and feel comfortable <laughs> that i'm about to engage turkey that is that they have some degree of willingness based on the interaction that I have just had with him, then then we can then we can go to the mouth call. But until that point, nope, nope, we're gonna 
We're just going to use a trumpet. We're yep. going to use a box call, and we use, may use a slate. Uh, but that's 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 the order with which we conduct business. Absolutely. And then if you don't come in, you're kind of even more pissed off. Now is now is personal. Oh, I'm so pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> I can I Absolutely. can relate to that though, because every every year, year after year, I'm like, all right, this surely will will stop this addiction of you know tobacco in the mouth. Period. <laughs> Because I got to use mouth call, and I know for a fact it has caused me from killing a turkey before. Just the sheer fact of if I would have just kept my mouth calling like I knew I should have, I knew he was going to mm-hmm. be closer than I thought. I just didn't know how close, Absolutely. and now I got to fumble around, and I'm trying to put a mouth call in, and there's all kinds of crap up in it, and I'm like, well, now this don't even work. Um, so it's, it's, Hunter, it's okay, things. buddy. <laughs> you you got to you got to accept it that this. The, the, the addiction that helps you get there right. to win is the addiction that may cost you. Exactly. But guess what? If you wait, if, if, if you ran the numbers, the percentage of, of hunts that that helped get you to exactly. because of sleep deprivation that you would not have made because the human body just simply isn't designed to run on the amount of sleep with which you haven't even gotten, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you just have to weigh it out. Like the truth is, like you might lose a game or two because because of the consequence of of that. But you also might have put yourself in the game many more times than you would have had you not had the ability to have made it there because you didn't have the you know you couldn't have made it without it. So mm-hmm. look for young listeners, stay away from it. I wish I could quit every day, but I can't. But anyway. Let's move on. Next topic, man. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> but um, and I, I tell uh, my wife that all the time about you know, if you knew me without it, I don't know which would be worse. Um, you know, it, it's a very small drop in the bucket. And in the same way with turkeys, I I would not be here if it weren't for some of these things. You know, um, but uh, that's it. Caffeine and nicotine and phenylalanine, it, it got me here, kind of deal. Hey. Um, Hunter, just tell your wife if if she wants a if she wants someone to measure you against, it's a much poorer example. You can give her my name. Just go ahead, <laughs> bud. Just go ahead. <laughs> I'm not offended. <laughs> I need you to vouch for me sometimes, buddy. Let me tell you something, bro. Code. I'll go to hell and back for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> And see, he he he's a, he's a he's got even a bigger chewing than I do, and he kills more turkeys than I do. So. If anything, I'm slacking. <laughs> yeah, honey. I think I think there's a, I think there's I think there's something to take away here. Got to be a correlation. The larger the, larger the quantity, the, the the more the more the harvest. Right. So, so what are we looking at? Exactly you know? Right. Yeah. Look, man. I've read your book uh, or book at this point. I I know you're good with words, and and I've already, as part of this conversation, had a takeaway that. Uh, Oh, Hunter's good at his messaging, so I know you can come up with some strategic, some strategic communications there at home base some, with uh, with the missus. Oh yeah, some some. Th- I got, you got to work from you got to work backwards, and and what is the what is the objective, and how can I best prove this through stuff that's already happened that I don't have to go back and redo? <laughs> Make purpose of what I've already done. I hope, I hope everybody listening takes that away. That is the right? biggest. Like, yep. Everyone would just get out there like, hey guys, just so you know. Most important, strategic messaging with your significant other because better messaging leads to more turkey hunting. More turkey hunting leads to, you know, more success. More success leads to great memories. Absolutely, and and, and if if, you, if she ever keeps you from from hunting, just 
uh, I wouldn't say be an irritable person to be around, but make her wish she would have let you just go hunting. And uh, next time, especially if you wouldn't have been able to go anyway, just kind of keep that to yourself. And, you know, if, the, if it, she doesn't have to know mm-hmm. it was raining in Michigan anyway. Um, but That's uh, right. But That's make sure right. you make a point to, to do some chores around the house and stuff like that. And, you know, this is why I stuck around. So next weekend when it is sunny and the weather is good, you know, if, if all of a sudden I get a wild hair, you know, you, you're kind of on the good side of it and everything's a lot more tolerable, so to speak. But um, but before we get, get down too many more rabbit holes, um, I, I definitely want to, before we wrap anything up, I wanted to uh, to hit on kind of just um, the preparations as far as um, turkey vests, things you bring with you, things you've learned that make the, the haul easier, the trip easier, which I learned a lot just in the, the airport scenario and, um, and, and just anything like that, that, that could better make, make your time more efficient and also more effective of, of, I'm sure you've learned a lot more what is actually needed and what is much more needed than you initially thought, if that makes sense. That doesn't even have to be turkey vest related. It could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'll start my turkey vest. Okay. Yeah. I, I literally carry, Mouth call, trumpet, one slate, and I may or may not have a box shelter on, mm-hmm. a box call, okay? Um, probably do have a box call because I definitely like them a lot. I use them to locate turkey. Um, but, like, that's it, man. I've got some pruners. I've got some pruning shears. Like, literally one slate. Mouth calls. I do have multiple mouth calls, and I keep multiple mouth calls in multiple pockets. And I definitely never keep all my mouth calls in one mouth call holder. And that's very important because I remember. I remember. I was in California in 2016, like one of the first years I was doing this thing. Really, I, I don't know why, but I put my mouth calls in a, in a pocket that I wasn't used to. And for like a couple hour window there, I thought I, I thought I'd drop my mouth calls and didn't have any mouth calls. Okay. And so uh, I learned in that exact moment that like, okay, no matter what, never keep all of my mouth calls in one, in like one mouth call container or holder or whatever. My vest needs to have, multiple mouth calls that I run, you know, and, and anybody, any and everybody knows, like, I'm not a good, good mouth call yelper, but I use a mouth call. Um, so like whatever mouth calls that I can make the, the best, you know, the best yelp that I can with, I keep them in a couple different places on my vest, just in case, like, God forbid one falls out, or like I'm on a scouting mission where there's a noon cutoff and I put a mouth call holder in my dino harness and maybe I forget I did that. Like, like yeah. these things happen. Oh, like yeah. I, I'm literally speaking from experience where your go-to mouth call is in your bino harness. It might be on you, but, but when it's 4 a.m. and you just woke up and you're, you're sitting down on these turkeys in front of you, on the roof and you forget that you put it in that mouth call holder or that, or that bino holder. Mm -hmm. Like you forget that. So like keep, keep calls like mouth calls. I I really believe like keep them, keep keep a couple of them on you. Like don't put them all in the same spot on your vest. 
and, and like, I know this sounds very elementary and foolish probably to some people, but like, this is just what I'm telling you based on my experience. So, so there's that. Um, flake hulls, I'm a big flake hall guy. Uh, I, I like them quite a bit, but I don't like the weight. I don't like the way they feel in the vest. I just want to be as, as lightweight as possible on the vest. Um, so I'm only going to run one of them. Uh, personally, I'm a big, like, anodized aluminum kind of guy. I just think, like, it's a very sharp call. I think it really carries. Excellent for locating turkeys. So I'm, I'm a big anodized aluminum call. If, if, um, you know, just, just to put that, that in there, if, if you were curious, like, what kind of slates I like to run. Um, box calls. Really love Marlon Watson's box call. Um, you know, live and die by his box calls. I've told people, like, you know, if you hunt with me, I'm a very aggressive turkey hunter. Um, I'm not that guy who's going to slow down and put it into granite gear until I get into a state or a situation that I absolutely know justifies that. Um, Until I I know I got to slow down, like, when I'm down south or a couple – there's states across the United States that that you absolutely have to really slow down. And – if I'm saying that, I can just promise you that that's the truth because I am not the guy that slows down. Like, I am the guy that's wide open. I will blow through a non-gobbling turkey. I don't care. I will go find the one that is. <laughs> that's me. I, yep. and that, that's me. I'm okay with that. I know who I am stylistically as a hunter, and I'm, con- and I'm comfortable and confident in that. Uh, but there are some states that require me to slow down. Aside from where I have to slow down, I'm going to go 100 miles an hour. I'm going to bang on a box call. I'm going to hoot. I hoot all hours of the day. Right. I hunted with a guy, a good friend of mine. Is He goes by the name of Jared Lowe. Jared's, um, you know, Jared's like Grand National caller, you know, type guy. He, he's just an amazing yelper. He, he placed in Grand Nationals last year. And if he listens to this, like, please forgive me for not remembering what you placed. But anyway, Jared Lowe is just an amazing turkey hunter. And when I started to hunt with Jared Lowe, like, Man, his, his hoot owl is just unbelievable. And everywhere we go, we hoot. He hoots. He hoots. And, and, um, and like I just picked up on it. And, and, and so I hoot constantly all hours of the day. I, I mean, I, I hoot constantly. Like I walk around the woods, woods hooting. There, there's not a single hour over the course of the daylight or dawn dusk period that I will not blow a hoot. And, and I generally will make turkeys gobble off of a hoot during any single given hour of the day, uh, in, in any given state. Like, like, I think, I think like, I remember my Arkansas turkey, I was on a piece of public, I blew a hoot out 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Bluebird day, the day before season comes in, turkey just ah, hammered it. It was the only gobble that turkey gave that day. Really? It was the only one. I could not make that turkey gobble again, but I made him gobble one time at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was back in there the next morning. And I killed him on the opening day, Arkansas turkey season, mm. and like blew a hoot out, and that was the only gift he gave me. And and it's important to actually, when you're trying to locate turkeys, it's it, one thing I'll tell people: it's like it's very important the length of your locator call. Like when I blow a two o'clock locator or, or, or hoot out, it's an abbreviated hoot. Like, I'm not going to do the full, oh, oh, you know, like, and mm-hmm. run it out. Like, it's going to be abbreviated because the goal of that is to be sh- 
sharp. The goal of that is to be louder. And the goal of that is to shock that turkey into gobbling. And if you, if, if you run it out too long, my experience, middle of the day, late morning turkey, if you blow it out too long, you might blow your hoot out longer than the turkey's gobble. He might hit it because you surprise him on the front end, and you might not really hear it clean enough to understand where that turkey's location is at. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, when you're locating turkeys, like, you just need to be conscious of the fact that, like, before you go into your second or third, like, attempt to locate turkeys, if, if it's a clean area that you haven't blown a call over or hit to try to locate something, it needs to be short and sharp because you need it to end so that when that turkey is in his gobble, you can get a clear beat on it. And, and like, that Arkansas turkey is a, a very good example where, like, I blew a short hoot there 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I had a 100% beat on where that turkey was only because I didn't cover him up with my own call. Mm-hmm. And I went, and then I killed him the next morning. And he was, he was right in there, you know? Um, so, you know, when it comes to calls, like, you know, I, 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 I walk, when it comes to locating turkeys, I, I, I try to set like a box call on fire. Essentially, I, I run it hard. I run it loud. Um, I want it to cover territory. Um, assuming I'm, assuming I'm moving at that type of a pace. Yeah. If I, if I slow down, then obviously I'm going to change, you know, like, I'm going to, I'm going to change my approach. Like then I'm going to pop a mouth calling or I'm going to hit that slate. Right. And I'm going to start off slow. Like everything is situational, but like if we're talking generalization, my strategy is, you know, wide open pace, my box caller, I'm going to blow a hoot out and I'm going to slow down once I finally locate a turkey and I feel like I can play that bird. I'm going to change him up over to a trumpet, change him up into a, to a, um, a mouth call. And that's how I'm going to hunt him. And just about the only other thing I carry in my in my vest, other than like pruning shears and licenses, is uh, I do pick up every single hole that that I shoot over the course of the mm-hmm. season. I, I pick up every single hole, and I keep every single hole with me. It's just uh, that's cool. It's a, a really you know tur- turkey hunters we're all superstitious. Oh yeah, right. And that's just one of those really weird superstitions that I personally have where every hole that I fire throughout the course of the season stays with me into, in, in, into the, the next hunt. And I care and I never empty out those holes until the end of the season. That's cool. And, uh, that's, that's, that's just the thing. So that's a little bit extra weight. But other than that, man, I'm a pretty minimalist guy when it comes to, to hunting turkeys, uh, in, in, in my vest. Um, I think my, most of my weight's around my neck. You know, I know a lot of guys have a lot of opinions on binoculars. I think your optics are super, super important. And, and I've, I've hunted with people who've been able to kind of realize that through hunting with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time in my glass. I use 10 by 42 um, in a bino harness. I would never compromise less than that because, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm looking for turkeys in the tree. Like when I'm when I'm set up on turkey and he's gobbling and I sit down like I'm looking for him in the tree with my back. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I know and I know I could be close enough probably see him with my blind eye, but a good pair of ten by forty twos, I'm gonna draw on some good light and I'm gonna try to take him out that way. Um you go out west, you're gonna need a good pair of glasses. Oh, yeah. Like you, I I wanna be able to look. And like the ten by forty twos, they're they're my go to. Um, 
A lot of my weight sits there. And um, I don't carry a bladder, like a water bladder. Mm-hmm. Not I'm, I'm a one-bottle of water kind of guy. Yeah, um, so I. I, I'll put a whole pouch of tobacco in the back, in the back of it. Yep. Um, uh, I'm more worried about making sure I've got tobacco than I am food. <laughs> I definitely don't care about food. I don't care about your granola bar or your peanut butter or your Twinkie. Um, like that, that, that's just me. Like, you know, and, and off of the races I'll go. Oh yeah. And, um, that's, that's about my vest, man. It sounds a lot like mine, um, with the exception yeah, of like, uh, the mouth calls in the pocket. What I, got I call a couple. that is the essential. Yeah. I need these, and the rest is kind of window dressing. And um, a lot of times I do wish I would have brought something else, but at the same time, I would have probably lost it. And it's kind of the, the less I have, the less I have to lose. So, um, and, and anything that's placed differently than where it usually is or has been in the past 10 years, I'm I'm not going to remember where it's at. And I'm not, I'm, I'm going to re-stick my hand in the same pocket looking for the uh, the same striker that's not there five seconds ago and until all of a sudden it just appears or I, I, I cognitively just connect my mind to my left hand and say, check the other one. Um, it just, it doesn't work in those uh-huh. moments. Uh-huh. And, um, but no, I, and I know every, every I mouth call I got is the same cut. Hunter. What's that? I said, I appreciate your humility because like, <laughs> like I'm going to be honest, like I'm just some average dude turkey hunter too. Like, yeah. you know, like when I talk about losing stuff and box and mouth calls, like, dude, we're just average guys. Like oh, we're yeah. all going to lose it. Like, Oh, we didn't lose it. It was just in our other hand. Stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm with like, you. Hello? I've actually, yeah. um, I've refined my, the cuts of my mouth call to the exact same mouth call, just duplication. Like, I, I did have like a ghost cut and a bat wing. No, now I'm just I'm I'm got tired of fooling around with thinking, trying to fill fill around in the dark, trying to figure it out. I'm like, nope. You get three mouth calls and they're all exact same. It don't matter which one you pick up or where you find it. If you if you've placed it in your vest and you didn't know it was there, you pick it up. You know exactly what it is. It's going to sound the same as the other ones. Probably it might have some gunk on it, it. but um, but uh, no surprises. Yeah, but but it, but you can work through that, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. A lot more than 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 having to. Uh oh, this ain't. This is not what I thought it was. Or this is. I like. I say in my 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 slate. I try to make a habit, and you work to adapt to uh, your flaws. So now I try to say in my my slate call in the which I use a glass more time. Probably eighty five percent of the time. That's what I'm I'm using. I got one striker and one uh, slate call, and I will do my best to uh, rough it up a little bit in the truck because I know when I get it in the woods, I'm not going to, if I do have any sandpaper, I'm not going to where it's at. And um, most times I'm not even going to look down to see if it's, you know, if it looks right. If it, if it's if it's gotten wet or something like that, I need to find out probably right now so I can, I can grab something else or do something differently. Um, but um, but more times than not, you know, it's, if, I, if it's not for those just kind of self-inflicted, self uh, kind of adaptations you kind of have to do to make up for your, shortcomings it'd be a long day and same way with i know i'm not going to ever clean a water bladder out so i just stick to a one water bottle and look going into it if it's going to take 20 hours you better allocate this these drops accordingly that, that's how i feel <laughs> that's how i yep. feel no that's that that's i i literally agree with you 100 percent. like this is what i've got this is what i'm doing and like i made this commitment to get back in here today and i'm just gonna have to make this work out yep just going into there's it one state I made that. There's only one state I made a mistake with that on, and I remember it. Um, and it it was actually West Virginia, my home state, and um, I, 
I, I went way too far through some really rough stuff and um, I messed up on the turkey. It, it was, it was just a high wind day, you know, high wind, high wind's probably my least favorite mm-hmm. um, type of condition to hunt a turkey on. And, um, you know, I kind of heard them, I kind of heard them and, and, and I sat down on them and I kind of expected them to run this one spine and they kind of jumped, they jumped spines and came up behind me. And, uh, they obviously, they, they obviously saw me, they were perpendicular to me and, and they had my outline. And, and so they kind of boogered and I ended up kind of trying to stay with them for the rest of the day that day. And man, I remember that was the only day in my, my whole, of, of all my turkey hunting that I can ever remember, like, I only had one water bottle mm-hmm. and I regretted it. And, and I cramped up really bad. I actually, had to just, I, I remember laying in the parking lot I, in a cot the rest of the day. I went and got some Gatorade, some bananas, and, and it was everything I could do to just keep my body from, from cramping. <clears throat> and it was the only time that ever happened. And I think it was 2000, it was 2018, the only time that it ever happened. But I remember being in, in, in pretty bad shape and I was kind of concerned about it. Um, but but I I laid there the remainder of that day, slept all night, woke up the next morning, went back to those turkeys, and fortunately the wind had laid down that day and was able to work things out. But uh, with the exception of that one state, I never once like couldn't live off of one water bottle. Mm-hmm. And and back before I really figured out like how to read maps and look at maps and understand how to try to find turkeys based on based on habitat and based on like, you know, um, you know, those, those, those regional variables that, that oh, yeah. concentrate turkeys based, before I figured that, you know, learn that my method was just to walk until you find one. Yeah. Like literally I parked a truck at a trailhead for the first, first, uh, 2015, 2016, my strategy was park a truck at a trailhead and take off. And, and if you asked me back then, like, how do you kill turkeys? Like, what's it take to find one? Like, my answer would have been walk ten miles, and we walk ten miles. Nobody else has really gotten back there. Yeah. The turkeys inside of ten miles are probably dead because I surely couldn't find one. But when you get back to around that ten mile mark, and there's really no roads within uh, a reasonable distance, you will find turkeys. Obviously, I was hunting out west more of those years, but like that would have been my answer. So, like, you know. If, if you're like, well, one one bottle of water doesn't work, like, well, back then it used to. Yeah. So that, that would be my response to that. But there are far more efficient ways to kill turkeys. I just didn't know of them back then, which I think is part of the beauty in chasing a plant. Yeah, like, and I, that's, that's what, you know, I love about it is the stuff that – that, that kind of accumulates over time and the, the, the stuff that you learn that, that doesn't necessarily involve a turkey – which is, is so cool to me, and, and the stuff that in the stores it kind of accrued on uh, in respect to the in, in respect to the bird. If it weren't for it, you know, there wouldn't be. Um, which it kind of yeah, as we kind of wrap things up, I, I think is, is the coolest part about all of it is the the stuff that happens kind of as a side note to all the the the, the accomplishments and, and all that good stuff is 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 the the stuff that you're able to experience and do and. The, the shortcomings, the stuff you learn, I'm sure, about yourself is probably, you know, bar none, the, the best way to learn who you really are is, is in 10 miles into the woods with, without much in your pockets 
and um and and, and knowing you're close but how close you're gonna get before you kind of break and turn back around and, and and try another day or try another year you know in some of these states i'm sure um there is no other day it is, it is kind of now or never and i'm sure there's been you know heights mm-hmm. that you had to uh, to reach that you never thought could, was was possible i mean there's just a, a big tip of the cap to to you and other folks like you that are able to do that and i know that it's not an easy task. It's not an easy task to kill one turkey, much less forty-nine, much less forty-nine different states. So um, it, it just speaks magnitude to the the discipline and the um the the motivation and determination that folks like y'all got. It's 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 fun, man. Uh, it's, it's probably the most fun I might ever have in my life. But you know, like honest to God, it is it is, it was like it was God's gift, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I just feel fortunate to have been blessed by Him to. Have I, I, I think the Lord knew that I was going to take the slam, you know, I, yeah. I mean, he, he says, he knows you before you're born, you know? Um, yeah. and, and I believe he knew that he'd make me a turkey hunter. And I believe he knew, he knew that he was going to make me do that one day. And, um, I'll tell you this, there's, there's never been anything I've done in my life that I, that my faith has ever felt stronger because my reliance on him, um, in, 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 and, and I don't mean that in the sense that like, you know, like, like I'm a man of faith and, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't, I, I don't believe in just always going to the Lord when, when you need a favor or, yeah. or an ask, but I, I, I do believe in going to the Lord. I, I do believe in going to the Lord as well when you need a favor and you need an ask because, because only the Lord can help you get through some of those, some of those milestones and, and, and some of those challenges in life. And, uh, for me, like I just, I just felt to myself like the Lord told me to do this. I'm doing it and I just needed the Lord and I just asked him to guide me. And I, and I asked them to keep me safe. I mean, you're talking about driving all night across the interstate, you know, and, and, and all these shady states, you know, oh, where, yeah. where, where meth and cocaine and, and drunk drivers are out. I mean, you drive at 2, 3 a.m., like, the, the odds of a sober driver being the person on that <laughs> yeah. one other, other side of the road aren't as probable as, 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 as someone who's is absolutely out of their mind intoxicated. Right. Like, that's a matter of fact statement. And so, you know, like, um, I, I, I just considered all of those things and, and I never, ever didn't take them into, you know, uh, awareness as I was doing it. But while those factors and those variables exist, it certainly didn't restrict me from pursuing it. I just, it just made me more reliant on my, you know, my Lord and Savior. Absolutely. And, and so like, you know, just, it, it, it was awesome. Um, and you know, for somebody who's, who's interested in it, like, man, it, it's the time of your life. My, my only, my only thing to do is like, just, just be conscious of the fact that when it's over, it's a much, it's much different. Uh, when, when you're chasing these states and chasing foreign and it, you know, it's a foreign, foreign state, it's a foreign area. It's, it's all the unknowns, right? Well, well, when that's gone, there are no, there is no new, there is no unknown. I mean, you can be like, okay, you can go to another part of the state. Like, yes, there's turkeys you've never yelped over. That, that part's all true, but I can just assure you that that, that climax, that, that, that feeling of high, that success, I certainly have, I certainly never felt it the same way I felt it since my last, since my last turkey. I, I have never felt it the same way. Seems to be a, a definitely a, a finite aspect to it, you know, and knowing that yeah, ab- ahead of absolutely. time. Absolutely, 
It's got to be a Absolutely. Yep. And, uh, it, I'll tell you this though, that, 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 that moment is worth it all. That, that, that final one where, you know, like it, it ended, yeah. but you had just, you had just embedded so much time and effort into, into getting to that, that achievement. It is absolutely worth everything that you invest in terms of time and energy um, and in, and in fiscal monetary resources as well. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's worth it. It is worth it. Um, I'm, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you go lose your job. Like, you know, for me personally, like I always, you know, I kept my job the whole time. I, I still always had to be home for work, you know, still had to go to work every, every week and uh, manage that. I was, and I would certainly never, you know, um, leverage anything to, to just achieve that 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 accomplishment but uh for those who for those who think you can plan it out i think planning is an integral piece of of the process if you can plan it out and and you can come up with a strategy like i i did it in the timeline that i did it but that is not to say that you that anyone has to do it in in any specific timeline i think if you say you would like to do it and you would like to go hunt two or three states a year honestly goodness like if you're doing two or three states a year, you're chipping away at it. You mm-hmm. should feel great about that because you will get through it. And like, um, you know, if, if you have the opportunity to go do that over spring, like you should absolutely, and, and your goal is to still shoot turkey in 49 states. Like you should never ever feel, um, as, as though you cannot achieve that because you absolutely can and absolutely will. And, and like, you should still enjoy the experience and the opportunity just as much uh, just because someone's chasing it with a different degree of passion because their life might have different variables that allow them different opportunities to use. That is fine. But my, I would encourage someone like go research some states, go call, go make some phone calls, like go, go see what happens. Because like at the end of the day, maybe you decide shooting turkey in 49 states isn't your deal. And that's fine too. Like that, there's nothing wrong with that. But I can promise you this: going and traveling to new places is going to create relationships, and and those relationships can be the best part of your life, day in and day out. Even when turkeys aren't in season, you might establish some relationships that 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 a turkey facilitated that you never knew could could ever come to fruition, and and that alone could be more than you ever expected, right? But at, at the end of the day, the, the opportunity just to go hunt a turkey in a different state in a new area where where your your understanding is very limited to, to where that turkey lives and, and how that turkey lives, it's only going to make you a little bit better of a turkey hunter. It's going to give you greater appreciation for the bird because you're going to understand how they can thrive in a different environment. And it's going to make you a better turkey hunter when you come home on your home turkeys because you're going to have to learn how to take new information in new areas and be successful and that's going to make you apply those same type of unique principles to the turkeys that you're coming back to that you've always hunted and it's really going to benefit you in a very positive way and so it doesn't matter if you're shooting turkeys in 49 states but i would certainly encourage anybody who's we think the opportunity to go hunt them in a new state could be something that, that they would like to explore. 
I would say there's never been a better time to go try that. Um, the one thing I would say is like around traveling, turkey hunting, and just, just, just like, you know, from a conservation perspective, like just because you're allocated a certain number of tags in a state, I, I would say doesn't necessarily mean that you need to fill them. As, mm-hmm. as non-resident turkey hunters, I think we need to be stewards of the bird and stewards of the states that we're going to. And, you know, if the state gives you a couple tags, doesn't necessarily mean you need to burn them all because that, that while everybody's highly hyper-focused on, you know, poult recruitment, like personally, my mm-hmm. motive is retention. Um, like I'll, like I said it before, I'll say it again, like retention's a big thing. There's a lot of quantifiable data that says we need turkey, we, we need gobblers, right? Like mm-hmm. poults are very important. I'm not dismissing that. Uh, but like if I had to put, you know, my own little narrative on it, like I think, I think, uh, I think retention is a, a huge element to ensuring that we have turkeys. So, you know, maybe like go enjoy non like, out of state turkey hunting experiences, you know, go see what, go see what that looks like and enjoy it. But just remember that, that every trigger pull is one less gobbler. And, and in today's state of, of, you know, uh, a volatile turkey population, where there's a high degree of concern, like just be conscious of the number of trigger pulls that you have, even if the state says that you might be able to have an op- an opportunity to go sit in that field another or you know sit a field the next day mm-hmm. hunting another turkey, you might just consider rolling to the next state. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, I've kind of thought, not necessarily self imposed a boundary, but I have thought of that before. Um, just to, there's not as much when you, when you, when I'm when I'm out of out of town, so to speak. It could be anywhere from you know within 12 hours or outside of it. But it's you know it there's there's opportunity kind of surrounded you, and, and it's more it's, it's almost more of a draw to the other ones. Like I'm this close to this this area that I've never seen before. Knocked it out here. I, I can kill two more. But you know it's kind of one of those things like would I trade that for the the chance to go see something else, see something different, a whole new area, and and then when you turn it into a, a uh, maintain a retention aspect of you know I, I remember quite clearly in uh one of the midwestern states watching another turkey and i had two tags and i'm thinking i'm already thinking towards next year if i come back through here and i'm thinking of if, if I, have a, I got two little brothers and um some friends and stuff i'm like man i hope that bird because this was i think towards the last end of the weekend and I'm, I'm like i might sit here until until the clock hits midnight just to make sure that i know there's going to be another one around here and that the, there's going to be uh-huh. getting bred stuff like that thinking about the the next uh the next round that uh then i might bring somebody out here to a place and all kinds of stuff like that but um but man that's awesome and, and if uh if i do catch the bug which it seems like i have to to do something like this i'm i'm gonna give you another call back here in a, a couple years and Either thank you or cuss you out one because it definitely fired up for something like Probably that. A little bit of both, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it, but um, but nonetheless, man, I definitely appreciate you hopping on. This is well worth the wait. Um, getting a conversation like this, and and I, I can't thank you enough for for what you've done for the wild turkey and those who hunt them, and um, and just uh, providing insight and, and stories and reason behind everything, and 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 just being so relatable. Um, to a feat of this magnitude, man. I, I definitely appreciate you hopping on, Keith. Hunter, look, man, I'm really grateful for the opportunity and, and like, to you, Spring Legion, and, uh, you know, to anybody who wants to listen, like, look, man, we're all in this together. Yeah. We're all turkey hunters. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just important that everybody knows, like, we're all just people. We're all very mm-hmm. common people. 
And uh, we all want one goal, and that's to enjoy this resource. So the only way we're going to get to a better place than where we're at today is through uh, is, is through communal support. So, dude, I, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate that, uh, that you pulled this together to spread these messages. And uh, really, really honored and humbled for the opportunity to be able to, uh, to speak with you this evening. And I mean that sincerely. Absolutely, but well, likewise to you. Um, and uh, I definitely wish you all the best of luck as a as a brand with Chasing Forty Nine. I wish you the best of luck this upcoming season. And I might run into you down the road sometime uh, later on this spring. I look forward to it, buddy. Sounds good, Keith. Well, y'all take care, and uh, Holly, if y'all need anything, Hunter, I appreciate it, buddy. And we'll be in touch, man. Sounds good, dude. Cheers, bud. See you. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Spring Legion Podcast. If you enjoy the show, let us know by leaving a good review or simply sharing an episode with your friends and family. We'd like to thank Rolling Thunder Game Calls and Light Boots for making this podcast possible. Rolling Thunder's hand-tuned waterfowl and turkey calls are crafted right here in the U.S. by folks who enjoy the outdoors as much as any. Check them out at RollingThunderGameCalls.com or catch an episode of the Rolling Thunder film series on the Masio Go app. Light Boots' seamless one-piece design completely eliminates the chance of leaking, with a size 10 boot only weighing 13 ounces. Learn more about the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot on the market at lightboots.com. Most of all, we want to thank you, our listeners, for making the show worthwhile. If you'd like to learn more about the brand, check us out at springlegion.com or follow at springlegion on any social network. Thanks again for listening to the Spring Legion Podcast. We'll see you next week.